All right, so we are in week three of this series called Holy Ghost Stories, and we're digging a little bit deeper, and I'm going to be honest with you, there are some things that I have always sort of scratched my head on in some of these passages we're going through, and I've kind of just read, you ever read a passage and you're like, hmm, I don't fully understand that, I'm just going to, I'm just going to read, you know, just read over it and just going to not really camp out there, okay? I don't really understand that, Uh, but we're just going to. We're just going to continue on. And, and if you've ever done, I've done that many times. Like, hmm, that, that, that's interesting. <laughs> I may have to come to that. And you read it again. You know, maybe if you read through the Bible and you, you read it over again, it's like, there, there's that, that section or that verse or, or whatever again. Well, this, this is something that we are walking through together. And, um, and I, don't, I don't have all the answers. But I do know that uh, we're going to find the answers in here. And, um, and so as we go through this Holy Ghost series, um, we do know that, that, that Jesus talked about the Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, same thing. In his teaching, Jesus prepared us for Holy Ghost. He told his disciples that he would go away and send a, an advocate or comforter. You know, this kind of confused the, um, the disciples and even worried them a little bit because life was good, life was peaceful when Jesus was around. When Jesus was around. It's like when, when you were a child and, and you're on the playground and you knew that your, that your mom and your dad was around. You, you, you were comforted, you were peaceful about that. Things were good. But if they were not around, you're like, okay, what? I'm, I'm not really um, at peace here. I don't, I don't feel good about what's my surroundings. I'm a little bit of a f- afraid because mom or dad are not around. Jesus said, my peace, I leave with you. The disciples question, how can Jesus um, leave with them with peace when he is their peace? Jesus is around, there's peace. Jesus is not around, there's not peace. We talked about this in the first, series, uh, first sermon. But after he ascended into heaven, the disciples were filled with the Holy Ghost. They came to realize that Holy Ghost inside them was better than Jesus beside them. Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit inside of them was better than Jesus beside them. Because the Holy Ghost can be everywhere. Holy Spirit can be everywhere through that. Last week, we, uh, we discussed three baptisms. Most believers talk only about water baptism. But God's word shows us three distinct baptisms. Holy Ghost baptizes us into Christ or the church. We receive this when we accept Jesus as Lord. We accept Jesus as Lord. Holy Spirit um, baptizes us in the church, into, into Jesus, into the name of Jesus, into the body of Christ. We are then baptized in water as a testimony to what Jesus and Holy Spirit has done in our lives. Many of y'all, most of y'all have, have received water baptism. It's a, it's a physical baptism. It's something that you can look back to and, and, and tell others, opportunity to tell others about your faith in Jesus Christ. And the, the third baptism is of the Spirit when Jesus baptizes or immerses, that's what baptism means. Okay, Greek baptismo means immerse us into the Holy Spirit. We looked at several passages and acts that showed a pattern. We did that last week. We're going to look at some, some more this week as we look deeper into, as we go into this, uh, into this series. But there was a pattern here. And the pattern was people in the New Testament got saved. They got water baptized. And they got baptized in Holy Spirit. We even see this in, in John 20, 21 through 22. I'm going to turn now. I'm going to be at several different passages uh, today. 
I'm going to be mostly in the book of Acts, but just these two verses here, John 20, uh, John chapter 20, verse 21. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So this is after the resurrection. This is in that 40-day uh, tour of Jesus kind of still on the planet before he ascended into heaven. So death, burial, resurrection. He's hanging around for 40 days doing more ministry, okay, preparing them even more for Holy Ghost to, to come in, in, into their life and fill their life. And then he, he shows up periodically. He, he'll just show up in a room. <laughs> Boo, right? <laughs> hey, I'm here. Hey, but don't be afraid. It's okay. And then he does something pretty amazing as we see in this passage. He breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Like, just like at creation. With creation. Grand Canyon, be formed. <laughs> right? Just like that, Jesus spoke power, receive the Holy Spirit. The Greek word for receive means immediately or right now. Receive right now. That's a Greek, that's a meaning of that Greek word, uh, original Greek for receive. This was not a, a um, this was not a foreshadowing of what has happened. The disciples actually received the Holy Spirit before Jesus ascended into heaven. But they were clothed with power they were not closed with power until they had been filled with the Spirit on the day of Pentecost. So, so Jesus, when he said, breathe, receive the Holy Spirit, he breathed on them the Holy Spirit because they already believed in Jesus, right? They walked with Jesus. They believed in him. They believed he was Son of God. He rose from the dead, right? All right, hey, we, we believe it now. We're, we're sorry, we're clueless, but we, we get it now. And Jesus is like, all right, so whew, receive the Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit came, came, you know, came on them, came in them, okay? But they weren't filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, of Holy Ghost, until the day of Pentecost. I left you last week with this question. How does a Christian get baptized in the Holy Spirit, the third baptism? How do Christians get baptized in the Holy Spirit. And we're going to, this is not Frank Bennett's, you know, thinking what I believe. Now, I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm not saying, you know, you need to, you need to just believe in, believe in this because I kind of created this and everything. Nah, we're going to look at Scripture. <laughs> we're going to look at Scripture and we're going to see what the Scripture says of how believers can receive Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Again, Holy Spirit comes on you, comes in you, puts a stamp of God in your soul, in your heart, when you pray to receive Christ, when you believe in him. Then you're baptized, that's, that's the second baptism, but then the filling of the Holy Spirit. So how do we do that? There's five things that I see in, in Scripture. Number one, we just gotta ask. <laughs> We just have to ask, how do you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the filling, the immersion of the Holy Ghost in your life? How do you receive that? You just ask. You just ask. That's number one. Look at Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11, verse 11 through 13. I'm turning there with you. Luke chapter 11, verse 11 through 13. 
Look, see what it says. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? <laughs> or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, in other words, calling us sinful, okay, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give what? A Holy Spirit to those who ask him. His main subject matter is Holy Spirit. You know, I've read that passage many, many times. And because I guess we're talking about Holy Ghost, it, it, it occurred to me that the subject matter was Holy Spirit. I've, I've often kind of, when you think about this passage in this verse, you, you, I used to kind of think, just kind of throw in some other things. I would kind of throw in some other things, like how much more will your Father in heaven give blank to those who ask him? You just kind of fill in the blank, right? Lord, give me a job or, or you know, give me good health. Or, or give me a wife, give me a husband, or, or, or give me, you know, you could, you could be saying these things. You know, there are things that I, that, that, that I need. But really, the subject matter, bottom line, is Holy Spirit. So he's basically telling us, these are the words of Jesus. He's basically telling us, not basically, he is telling us, all you have to do is ask. All you have to do is ask. Isn't that amazing? It's kind of elementary. You just ask. And you, and, and you get in those moments and those prayerful moments where, where you, can, you can ask God the Father and even talk to the Holy Spirit. Talk directly to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's the one who lives inside of you if you're, if you're a born-again believer. And as you talk to the Holy Spirit, you can say, all right, hey, I know you're in there. Now, I need you to fill me. I know you're in there. I need you to fill me. Fill me with all that you are. Just drench me. Just start to ask. Start asking. Now, there's, there's more to that. I mean, there's more things that I'm going to share with you because there, 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 are some, there are some things that can get in the way, and we'll talk through that. But the first thing is ask. The second thing, this is all about how do believers receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the third baptism. The second one is wait. Wait. First we ask, and then we wait. That's the hardest part. Look at Acts 1, verse 1. Sorry, chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. We read this a little bit last, last week. Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. It says this. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait. There's our word. For the gift, that would be the Holy Spirit, my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So Jesus is, is telling us in that first thing we read in John, I mean read in Luke, to ask and then wait. 
Waiting is, is, could be the hardest thing. But you get in that moment and you just, and you just wait. Some people, some people you, you might would wait for, you know, several minutes, several hours. And this is just a continuous thing. You need to, you need to let Father God know that, that you mean business, that you are serious about this. I want to be filled. I want to be baptized. I already have the, 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 the stamp of the Holy Spirit. I already have him in my life, but I want him, I want him filling me. And then you wait. Wait upon the Lord. Get in those moments where the distractions are gone and you wait. And do that periodically. And it could be, it could be waiting in a, in, a, in a place that you know that, the God, that God has spoken be, before. Maybe it's just outside on a walk and maybe it's literally in your prayer closet or, or you know, or, or praying. Um, I've, I've had friends that had gotten filled with the Holy Spirit while they were driving. They had to pull over. Just, just overwhelmed with joy and laughter. It wasn't that long ago. I was asking Holy Spirit to fill me up because, because you, do, you, do get, you do get empty and then you need to be filled up. Meaning the Holy Spirit never leaves us. But we do get emptied. And we're going to talk about this. You do get emptied of that, of the power, but then you just need to continue have refreshing. And you get empty. Why? Because you're, you are, you're, you're serving. And there are some things in your life also that can kind of hinder the move of the Holy Spirit. But when I was driving um, several weeks ago, I said, Lord, just fill me. And, and, and I just started laughing so hard. So incredibly, and there wasn't anything to laugh about, right? It, it, was, it was joy. And I had to pull my car over and just had to sit there and just kind of let it be done. I say, all right, that was, that was really, really good. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And there are times when Holy Spirit ha- has spoken to me in very unique ways, and I end up just laughing. And there's different sort of, uh, sort of manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Well, we're going to get into that actually next week. You don't want to miss that. What does Holy Spirit, what does the manifestations of the Holy Spirit look like? We'll talk about that next week. But it takes waiting. It just takes waiting. It could be days. It could be hours. It could be months. But just working in anticipation. Just waiting and just asking and saying, all right, fill me with all that you are. So, ask and wait. What's the third thing? Walk in obedience. Walk in obedience. Turn to Acts chapter 5. Acts chapter 5. We're going to walk in obedience. Acts chapter 5, verse 32. And it says this. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who what? Who obey him. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. Now, this is coming from, this is, this is actually the apostles, some of the apostles who were standing in front of the Sanhedrin, the um, the uh, teachers and rulers of, the, of, of Jewish law, and, and they were questioning them. 
And this is after the ascension of Jesus and, 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 and after they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they just, they just couldn't shut up. They, they couldn't stop not talking about the gospel message and what Jesus can do in their life and what the Holy Spirit can do in their life. And they were being questioned. And this was part of the result of that. We are witnesses of these things. What all happened? We were there. And so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. Now, this, this doesn't mean you need to be perfect. It simply means you humble yourself before him. Now, if you're already a child of God, you may still be hindered from enjoying the infilling of the Spirit if there are uh, deliberate patterns of disobedience. If there are some disobedience in your, in your life, the Holy Spirit will, will be hindered by that. Holy Spirit will be hindered by that. One of the greatest snares of disobedience in the lives of many believers is, is offense. You must be intentional to forgive those who have wronged you. And to know this, that there's sort of a, a quenching of the Holy Spirit. The Bible talks about that. What does that quenching look like? Or what can cause that? Just deliberate disobedience. Deliberate sin. It's hard to be filled completely, overflowing with Holy Ghost power in your life if you're holding on to deliberate sin in your life. Or if you're holding on to an offense. Someone, oh, they did me wrong. Oh, they did this. If you're holding on to that, Holy Spirit is going to be like, uh, I'm just going to go over here a little bit. In my dealings with the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit is, 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 now this is just my perception analogy, okay? Holy Spirit, in my experience, is kind of like a child. Now, the Holy Spirit could be very, very powerful, obviously. Raise Christ from the dead, check. That's, that's, that's about as powerful as you can get. Creation of the world, okay? But the Holy Spirit can also be very much like a child. You know, when, when mom and dad... When parents are in a situation where they start arguing, and I know this because I grew up in a household like that, when mom and dad start arguing and yelling, what do the children do? The small children. They go, they go out of the room. They go hide. And even they go in their closet. They go in their room. Or they may go outside, cover their ears. If you have conflict in your life that you're harboring and you're involved in conflict, or maybe you're, you have a critical spirit, you're quenching the Holy Spirit. You're quenching the Holy Spirit. It can happen in, in individual life, and it can even happen in a church. If there's too many people in the church that are critical of the body of Christ, of one another, or if we're, we're harboring offenses, or if we're, we're just causing strife, and we're causing bitterness and, and, and gossiping and those kinds of things. I've seen it in a church. Believe me, I've seen it. And what does the Holy Spirit do? Like a child. Hmm. I'm going to go to my room. I'm going to go to my room. I'm going to go in the closet because this I don't like this. This is not peace. 
Holy Spirit is clothed in peace and power, yes. But Holy Spirit is clothed in peace, wants peace. And if there's those things, deliberate sin and offense is not saying you're perfect. You have sin, you just confess it. Get right with the Lord, right? But it, it, or offenses and, and conflict and, and criticism and, and those kinds of things. Holy Spirit's like, hey, I, 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 can't, I can't hang out here. Now, the Holy Spirit won't leave you. He's going to just go somewhere just in a closet. Like, okay, I, just, I, need, I need this to go away. If you have not been walking in the power, maybe you haven't been walking in victory in your life because the Holy Spirit hasn't been, hasn't been filling you with all that you are. It could be because maybe there's some conflict, some criticism, some gossip, some offenses, some deliberate sin that is causing the quenching of the Holy Spirit. And that right there, friends, that, that's, that's just, that's how it is. That's, in, that's God's word. So I want to encourage you, as I have to often look at myself, (laughs) why am I struggling in certain areas in your life? Because Holy Spirit's not moving in power. Why is Holy Spirit not moving in power? Well, it could be something there. But it could be, maybe you haven't asked, maybe you haven't waited, or could could be walking in disobedience. So walk in obedience. That's how you can get filled with the Holy Spirit. So, ask, wait, and obey. What's the fourth thing? There's five. There might be six. Yeah, there's six. Sorry. Four things. So, uh, we must include Jesus. You may think, oh, of course, this is kind of an obvious thing, but we're going to read this passage here. You'll, you'll understand. We'll, we'll apply it to our lives here today. But you must include Jesus. Look at Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19. And we're going to be at verse 1. 1 through 6. Now this is Paul going to Ephesus. And, and, and eventually he would write a letter to the church at Ephesus called Ephesians. The, the letter of Ephesians was called the book. But Ephesus, he's going to Ephesus. So uh, Acts chapter 19 verse 1. When Apollos was in Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples. Okay, not the disciples or the apostles, but some followers. And he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? That's a, that's a really good question. In fact, that's a question we might should be asking one another. Right? Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, that's this baptism, right? Baptism of water. Paul then, Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in one coming after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. Now, that verse, they were baptized, Paul baptized them. It didn't say anything that, that, that he baptized them in water. Okay? It didn't say that they were baptized again in water. So Paul placed his hands on them. They were baptized in the Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost came upon them. And there were signs 
that Holy Ghost had come upon them because they were starting to walk, to, uh, to show the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in their life through tongues and prophesying and that kind of stuff. We're, we're going to get to that next week. The manifestations, what does that look like? So, but, but you got to understand, it, it, it's got to, it's got to involve Jesus. It's got to involve Jesus because as we said earlier, the third baptism is when Jesus baptizes you in the Holy Spirit. And so you, it's got to be about Jesus. Focus in on Jesus. Include him. Lord Jesus, baptize me. Fill me up with, with the Holy Spirit. So how do, how do Christians get filled, get baptized, get immersed in the Holy Spirit? Ask, we wait, we obey, we, we bring Jesus into the picture, we include Jesus. Next, we pray for each other. We pray for each other. Look at Acts chapter eight. Go back just a few chapters. Acts chapter eight, verse five. Now we're gonna read several scriptures here. Acts chapter 8, verses 5 through 19. Now, this is when Philip, a, a follower, Christ went to Samaria. It's about 35 miles or so from, from Jerusalem. So, verse, uh, verses 5 through 19 says this. Philip went down to the city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, imagine this, you've got this, this um, descriptive word, shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many were paralyzed or lame or healed. So there was great joy in that city. There was some time a man named Simon who had practiced sorcery in the city and amazed all the people of Samaria. He boasted that he was someone great, and all the people, both high and low, gave him their attention and exclaimed, this man is rightly called the, um, the great power of God. Verse 11, they followed him because he had amazed them for a long time with the sorcery. But when they believed Philip, as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Simon himself believed and was baptized. And he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw. When the apostles, so that's, that's kind of what happened, okay? So Simon himself believed and was baptized. He followed Philip. Philip, he's like, man, I was doing some really cool things. And people said I had kind of great power, but that's, that power, you know, it was my, my own thing. Maybe through trickery or, or magic or, or whatever. But this guy, Philip, Man, he, he's really got power, so he's following him. So verse, um, verse 15, when, um, 14, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria, okay? Peter and John, you can't get two bigger disciples than that, right? These, these, are, these are the big guns. Uh, when they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit. There's our word. They prayed for the new believers that they would receive the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. Now, they had believed. They even were baptized in water. But the Holy Spirit hadn't come on to them. They had simply been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of the Lord Jesus. 
Verse 17, then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. When Simon saw the sorcerer, when Simon saw that the Spirit was given at the laying on the, of the apostles' hands, he offered them money and said, give me also this ability uh, so that everyone on whom I lay my hands on may receive the Holy Spirit. So what, what we see from Simon is that Simon sees, okay, there's something happening. There's a manifestation. Again, next week, more of that. There's a manifestation of the Holy Spirit coming on these people. And I'm seeing that these apostles are laying their hands on them and they're receiving this. And there are signs. We, he doesn't go into the signs, but it's obvious there are signs. There are manifestations because he's like, hey, I want to be able to do that. Show me how to do that. And you can read the rest of it and they kind of, you know, uh, say, hey, dude, it's not about that. And, he, you know, he, he gets it right and, and stuff. But, but Simon the sorcerer, he, he sees what's happening. And so there's evidence of that. So we know that we, Holy Spirit comes, up, comes in us. And, and um, at the point of salvation, repentance, and then we show the world through testimony, we're water baptized, and then there's a baptism and third immersion of the Holy Spirit, and there's even signs of that. But the most important thing in this passage is this. What do we see the apostles do? They prayed for one another. They went and they prayed for them. Can I tell you something? Has God laid on your heart Someone who needs to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Has God laid someone in your heart to be filled, immersed, baptized in the Holy Ghost? If so, you need to pray for them. Pray that that Holy Spirit will do that. And if not, you need to ask the Lord to, to lay someone in your heart. Okay? Like, our, our, our kids, I pray, Susanna, I pray that they just, they get filled with the Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, that, they, that they're filled with power. And it goes beyond just the, the stamp of the Holy Ghost inside of them at, at salvation. All of our kids have, have, have been saved, they've been water baptized, and they're going to heaven. Absolutely, that's, that's all it takes for us to be in heaven. But to walk in power, the power that, that, is, that we see in this book, the power that Jesus talks about, takes an immersion. So begin praying for that to happen, not only in your life, but the life of those who God is showing you. So pray for one of them. We need to do more praying. In fact, after, after studying this passage and, and, and preparing for this message, I'm, con- I'm a little bit convicted that me and the elders have, I mean, at least I haven't, and we haven't really as a group. We need to begin praying specifically that God would fill people with the Spirit and His power. Like being very intentional on that. Now, we pray that God would move in a mighty way in our church, yes, but, but individually, individually. So, we definitely need to, need to do that. So, how, does, how do believers get baptized with the Holy Spirit? We ask. We wait. We walk in obedience. We include Jesus in that. We pray for one another. And then finally, we step out of our comfort zone. 
we get a little bit uncomfortable. We get a little bit uncomfortable because the manifestations we'll talk about next week, the manifestations of the Holy Spirit could be a little bit uncomfortable. They can. Um, I, 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 growing up in, in a church environment that I, that I grew up in, um, I've seen different manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Now, I've also seen people do things, you know, kind of a manifestation, kind of create their own thing or, or, or walk in something that's not of order, and that can happen. There's actually an order to that. We'll, we'll continue to walk through that in the series. But I've seen the manifestation work, and, um, and I'm telling you, there have been times, yeah, it was, it was a little comfortable, okay? Especially as a kid, it's like, whoa, that's, that's, that's pretty intense. And so, we're going to read this passage here, and, and it's an encounter with Cornelius, and, and, and we're going to be in Acts chapter 10, so just go one chapter. And this is our last point for today. Cornelius was a centurion in the Italian regiment in Rome. So Cornelius was a Roman centurion. He was, he was Greek. And so this whole, this whole experience with, with the Holy Ghost and Holy Power and salvation and everything, it, it, it was first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. And so for, the, for you know, a few years, it was just for the Jews. And now we're seeing it shift over not just for the Jews, but for the Gentiles also. So Peter, the Apostle Peter, gets a firsthand, the firsthand experience of how Holy Ghost is going to go into the Gentiles. Now, understand this. Jews weren't even supposed to be in the house of Gentiles because Gentiles would, would do things that were unclean, you know, like eat pork and those kinds of things. So, and, and, um, and it just... You know, they didn't have God in their, in their homes, in their life. And so they couldn't even step into a, a, the home of a Gentile. But this, as we read here, the centurion had an angel visit him, literally. This is, this, is, this is New Testament stuff, not just Old Testament stuff. New Testament stuff. And then we also have a, uh, have a vision of Peter. The Lord shows him that. But just start there in verse 27. Verse 27. So Cornelius has this vision that, that, that Peter is at this certain house. I mean, he even gives them the address, right, of this house and, and the person's house. And he, uh, this centurion tells uh, a couple of his, of his hired servants, hey, I need you to go get Philip. And so uh, they do. And, uh, and then we pick up right here. Verse 27. While talking with him, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of People. So they took Philip and they brought him to Cornelius' house. He said to them, you are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with our visiting Gentile. How is that for a welcome? You do realize it's against our law for this. But God showed him in a vision. You can go back and read earlier in that passage, in that chapter. But God gave him a vision that, hey, what I've created is clean. What I've created is clean. Don't count people as unclean. That's, the, that's no more. And so, I pick it up there, but God showed me that at 
that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. Verse 29. So when I was sent for, I, I came without raising my any objection. May I ask why you sent for me? So he doesn't even know. He just knows that, that the Lord told him, hey, there's some guys that are about to show up and you should follow them. Cornelius answered, three days ago, I was in my house praying at this hour in three in the afternoon. Suddenly, a man in shining clothes stood before me and said, Cornelius, God has heard your prayer and remembered your gifts to the poor. Sent to Joppa City where, uh, for Simon Peter, who is called Peter. He is a guest in the home of Simon the Tanner, who lives by the sea. So I sent for you immediately, and it was good for you to come. Now, we are all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. <laughs> yeah, that's all about being prepared in season and out of season. You always be ready to share the faith you have in Christ. Verse 34, then Peter began to speak, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts um, from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. You know the message of God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with them. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a cross, but God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not uh, seen by all people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen, by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that whoever, uh, that anyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. So he basically shared out a quick elevator speech of the gospel message, what Jesus came to do. Verse 44, while Peter was still speaking, while Peter was still speaking, these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers, those Jews who were with Peter, Peter had, had, had some, some people that were following him, that were working with him. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Peter was put in a different situation that, that kind of made him uncomfortable. But God told him to. I want you to go to this house. But Lord, it's a, it's a Gentile house. I'm not supposed to go there. I want you to go there. It's a little uncomfortable. Um, the, um, the centurion, Cornelius, having the vision, having the angel, telling him to go sin. I mean, it's a little uncomfortable it's like, okay, I'm going to send these guys, and they're going to go to this, this house. What if he's not there? I mean, I mean, I'm a centurion asking for an apostle, asking for a disciple whom we, the Roman government, killed his teacher, Jesus. And now here I am asking for one of his 
main disciples. That's a little uncomfortable, right? It's a little uncomfortable. But you know what? Often, God will put us in things that might seem uncomfortable in our flesh. But as Holy Spirit speaks to us and fills us, it gives us peace. How do believers get filled with the power and immersed in the Holy Spirit? Just ask. Ask. Wait. Be patient. Walk in obedience. Make sure there's nothing in your life that you're holding on to, some offense, some criticism, some you're harboring some sort of sin that's quenching the Holy Spirit. Not that you have to be perfect. Just confess your sin. Involve Jesus into that. Pray for one another. Pray for others to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then be ready to be a little bit uncomfortable. Be ready to be a little bit uncomfortable at first. And that's okay. Um, this we see all of these in, in Scripture. Now, I just want to make sure you understand this. Um, and I've said this before. I said this a few minutes ago. If you receive Jesus' salvation, you're going to heaven. You're going to heaven. If you truly believe in him and salvation. In fact, you don't even have to be water baptized in order to go to heaven. I mean, the thief wasn't baptized. The thief on the cross didn't say, hey, guys, can you take me down from this cross so I can be water baptized so I can go to heaven? No. Jesus said, hey, today you're going to be with me in paradise. Because he just simply believed on him, accepted him, that he is a savior. He is God's son. That's all it takes. But have you ever wondered if there's more have you ever wondered in your life, there's got to be more. I just want to go deeper. I just want to go deeper. This is how you do it. This is how you do it. You ask to be drenched, baptized in the Holy Spirit and His power. And just, you'll see the manifestations in your life. What are those manifestations? I can't wait to tell you next week when you come back and invite a friend. But as we, as we close, because our time is up, but as we close, um, I want to make sure that, that we close this out in prayer. So every head bowed, every eye closed, if you, if you don't mind. If you're watching online or listening online or maybe here today, and you're like, you know, Frank, this, this is all kind of pretty heavy stuff. It is. It is heavy. But the Bible says, come to me, all who are heavy, and I'll, I will give you rest. My burden is light. In other words, he's going to help you lift that. The Holy Spirit, when he comes in power, is going to help you lift that the heaviness of the weight of a message like this. And so if you're sitting here thinking, you know, Frank, I, 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 don't, I don't even know if, if I'm even going to heaven. If that is you, it just simply take, it takes an, a simple prayer 
There's no sort of hocus-pocus prayers. There's no certain words in a certain order. It's just a, 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 a prayer like a child asking for something for his parents. Can I go outside and play? Just simple, like that. Just simply ask, Jesus, will you, will you forgive me of my sin? Please, come into my life. Come into my heart. Help me to, help me to live for you. I believe in you. Please fill me with your power. Please forgive me. That's all it takes. So if you want to do that, well, I invite you to do that right there in that spot. Whatever you're doing right now at this moment to do that. And then if you want to go deeper in that moment, just ask the Holy Spirit, fill you with his power. Wait on him. Make sure that you're walking in obedience. Bring Jesus into it. Pray for others and, and get ready to be a little bit uncomfortable because that's sometimes how he moves. Father, thank you, Lord, for meeting us today. Thank you, Father, for speaking to us. And help us, Lord, to be watchful for how you're moving in our life. Get us ready. Lord, we're ready. As a church, get us ready. Move in power. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right, I went over just a little bit. My apologies, but, um, you know, I, I included some things in there. I wasn't really uh, planning on, on that, some analogies and stuff, but I was just kind of being moved to the Holy Spirit. So I'm just going to blame it on the Holy Spirit, right? That's good. Hey, we love you guys and cannot wait to see you uh, next week. And, um, and uh, you don't want to miss it. Talk to you all later. Bye-bye.